Hey, what's up? This is your girl, Diamond Styles, and I am the master chef, cooking you up something succulent and divine. It's your boys out here, and we are serving hot talk and cool iced tea. And I'm Mia Mix, here to set the tone and make sure the mood is right. So come on in and get comfortable. Pull up a chair, have a seat. You can even take your shoes off. Wait, not if your feet is down. <laughs> oh, hell no. Welcome, Welcome to Marsha's Plate. The time has come for you to be the change you want them to be, yeah. No more running around filled with all hypocrisy, yeah. It starts from the inside, it spreads wide, and everything will be alright. Join the conversation. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Oh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We want to hear what you guys have to say. You can also help us build community by becoming a patron on patreon.com slash Marsha's Plate. By contributing to this podcast, you help us continue our powerful work to change culture one episode at a time. So let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? What's going on? Mm, gosh, it has been an exciting week. I am headed to DC tomorrow to go to the International LGBT Leaders Conference in DC. I haven't been to DC since I was a prostitute. <laughs> yeah, sure. So I'm excited to be there um, for some, um, you know, for some meeting, like, the politicians that are representing us <laughs> and yeah, I'm like trying to get some good food and all of that. What, what politicians are representing us? Um, there are different uh, LGBT folks that are in the Senate. Um, I think like Sarah McBride, um, the, the person, the people who are throwing this event, the president of the organization is our ex mayor, Anise um, Parker. She is like the president of the organization that throws the um, the conference, and so she used to be. She was our first um, openly gay mayor, um, and so here in Houston, and she's the one who implemented the ordinance, the hero ordinance, that allowed us to go to the bathroom of our gender and protected us. But they um, back in two thousand and uh, I can't remember exactly what year they reversed it and now we don't actually have the protections here in houston um but she was one of the ones while she was in office we did have protections <laughs> that's crazy how could they change them yeah how they can just flip it <laughs> so um, democrat yes. democrat democrat okay yeah we're going there and um Hopefully I get to see some folks that I haven't met before who are in politics. And I think that'll be cool. And I want to eat some good food <laughs> while I'm there. What has been up with you? I know it is you're coming off your birthday from yesterday. Yeah. Um, 
just did a regular, just something like something like something real chill. I'm getting, I'm in my thirties, so I didn't, I didn't need to like pop bottles and all of that. I just Z took me out to a nice restaurant. Where y'all go to eat? We went to Steak Forty Eight. We went to um, this little R and B lounge afterwards. Left at twelve p.m. I mean twelve a.m. Went home. What's up? I didn't get no cake because we want to do an ice cream cake. That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, because okay, so we wanted to get in our mood, <laughs> and we smoked two blunts. I left the room, and Z was was on his laying on his back underneath the cover with his arms folded. I was like, okay, babe, we about to wear it out when I come back. I came back, this nigga was in the same position snoring. I was like, oh, okay, so, I mean. This seems to happen with y'all a lot, because I remember y'all said it happened in Denver, too. Oh, yeah, it did, it did. You fell asleep that time. No, I fell asleep this time. But, but, no, that time we were high boots. We had edibles, we had we had smoked, and then before we was about to <laughs> have adult time, we we had took like a um, damn, we should have brought it. You don't um, have like the dudes. Wait a minute, 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 wait a new jig <laughs> and then spent like a hundred dollars. What? Z. And she didn't want to do. They wasn't even giving that. Listen. And then last night she was like, mm, I don't feel like this. And then I was just like, okay, shoot. I'm going to relax. Listen, but you didn't buy nothing. You didn't buy nothing last night. We had the appointment. But I, we had took a we had took a bomb bath in HTC at the or THC. <laughs> this makes it good. The cannabis um bad bombs, baby. We were the I think the, the cannabis infused bad bombs have wore us out because we woke up that next morning still high on the plane. Oh, that was the best sleep back. But anyways, I had an amazing time on right there. I had a I, well, it wasn't amazing. It was amazing. It didn't have to, I, and I, I it wasn't giving that because I was thinking like amazing has to be extravagant and stuff, but it it was cute. Like it didn't like I feel like it didn't have to be so much in order to have fun, but I had a good time. We was gonna go to the neighborhood, but I was like, mm, I don't even know if I wanna ruin my night. <laughs> oh, let me let me explain, because like you know, these popular on the gay male side and they be trying my pussy in my face. And so, like the same thing that happened in straight places with me with him, the same thing happened in gay places with him with me. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah, so I know because they bring when I'm out to places and people know about the podcast, they bring up Z a lot. They bring up Z where I'm like, the gays, yeah. Somebody else in the batting brigade told me I saw my porn. It was like, ah. yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Oh, yeah, that, they bring it up. They not the um, bad brigade, but the um, but the gay boys. Like, if like anytime I go to an event and they're t- like, I'm like sitting and we're talking about the podcast, that they always go to talking about Z being on Jack, 
Z being on um, Twitter. Uh, only fan, a lot da, of fake da, da. profiles of me. Yeah, it's a lot of it's fake. It's a lot of fake. Like people I'm always sent me, especially on Jack, people always send me screenshots like, are you here? Are you here? Are you in Hawaii? Are you? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a lot and I'll be like, me. yeah, they making their coins together because you see me in his videos too. <laughs> <laughs> They're making yeah. their coins together and doing yeah. their thing. So, yeah. yeah I, I took a break from the games. After I got my surgeries. It'd be the same way though with, with him on the straight side. Like, straight men will come, like, get, like men will come up, but they, they'll do the same thing. Like they'll add, they'll be, they'll say my alias and everything. And in the sense, I can't get upset when the gays do it with Z. But baby, you gotta have patience because the gays, I feel like they do more. They no, I feel like the cis head men do. You do? I feel like the gays be trying to pussy in my face. I be because the cis head men are creepy. The the gays, you never have to wonder. They're going to say, they're going to do a lot. But with the cis head men, with how they deal with trans women, is creepier. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, what, makes That's what makes it worse. They are. That's what makes it worse. Yeah, that is, I can see that. But <laughs> it, either way, either way, it what will try my pussy is how my partner responds. It's oh, not, y'all, y'all can be all thirsty, salivating at the mouth, uh, y'all can do all of that, but long as my partner ain't in playing in my face too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Dami, question. Do you feel like this is playing in your face? They say, for instance, you had a partner, y'all both was, you know, popular. Blah, 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 blah. In the sex industry. In the sex industry. And somebody came up and hugged your partner and called them by their alias, but gave them like a oh, and then walked off. That wouldn't make you feel away. That is so dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it be giving. I'll be like, oh, girl. That's, how you, to... that's how you see it. That's how it makes me feel. <laughs> no, I would be I would be more. Now, if that happened for me, I would I would play into it. Like if it was that extra, I would be that extra. Uh-huh, but it's my he mine. <laughs> I would be doing shit like that. <laughs> like, if they be an extra, I would be extra so they know I'm here and yeah, that's cute. But we was out with friends one time and it was somebody that screamed my adult name. <laughs> Alias. And um I was just like, what's up, you know, just speaking. What's going on, you know? From a distance, he ain't come hug me or nothing. But me, it was like... No, see, the fuck he did. He didn't come hug me, Stinky. I don't remember. Yes, he came hug you. He had long hair. He came up and he was like, oh, he was like, he ran, he ran up. And he was like, oh! And he was like, oh, he gave you a hug. And I was just like, and you hugged him back. And I was like, ugh. And um, you said, that's my boyfriend. And he was just like, okay. But I was like, he said a porn name. You should know that's a fan. So Diamond, we went to the straight club and 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 a straight man tried to give me a hug. As soon as the nigga reached in, he was like, Bruh. 
No, no, no you, you can't. Now you can't touch her. He didn't say. <laughs> he didn't say your poor name was fanning out. This man was trying to be slick. He saw me saying. He saw me telling you, "Come over here. Come over here." You ignored me while I was talking to somebody, and then he laughed at it. And then they continued on, and he tried to flirt, and he was trying to give you a hug and stuff. That's different to me. So I was like, it's no, a, it, it is a different, it is a different situation. I agree. I, but I think I still think a hug is a hug. Similar. I still think a hug. I still think a hug is a hug. You know, like you know, brother. He, we knew each other, and I because we both we we both didn't know each other. He didn't know that nigga didn't know. I even fucking he seen you um in at Venus. He seen you at the moon. I can fuck, but don't come out, my nigga. That's money in my pocket. Is it really, or, meeting, or is he on the sideline beating you, off? You meeting you talking to the old dude? He wasn't talking about no money. He wasn't. You know, because I've sat to the side when somebody was at a gay club and a, 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 a client, a chaser came up. It was like, hey, do you have your number? <laughs> I was like, go ahead. And I did not let you, did not let him get your number. Well, it's no shame. It's different situations. I was being disrespected in that one situation where when I know it's a client, I'm not going to try to stop your money. If I can tell this this shit, I couldn't deal with. (laughs) This is why I can't be with another sex worker because this kind of nuance, I'm understanding what y'all say. I'm understanding. I understand you know how different circumstances call for different things, but it gets real murky, baby. And I might have to pop off and I don't like that. Yeah. No, Shay, no, it it really does. Cause it'd be like, yeah, but it's good that y'all have been dealing with it for you know, as y'all y'all have been working y'all whole relationship basically, and so y'all, I'm sure y'all have had um time to work through it to where it's not probably not as intense as in the beginning, right? In the beginning, Diamond, yo, that. It was like we were fighting, not literally, but it was it was really hard. Like it was really hard. Mm. Then, but, How did y'all get over that? Yeah. How did y'all we, get we were, to the point where y'all not? It's not that intense. We well, okay. So first of all, we put ourselves in situations that we didn't even um, um, set like rules for. We just put. We just went out there. And we did it and then we had to deal with the consequences afterwards and then then set rules and and so and then we didn't and then we was beginning our beginning of our relationship where we didn't even know how to communicate with each other. And so like it, oh that it was hard, but we we went through you it. You know it was hard for her. Um, her communication set up, she's stubborn. So it definitely was hard. You are not first of all, you not easy. Don't make it seem like you just need to make it seem like oh okay. I have more more patience than you though. You think so? Mm -hmm. You think you got more patience than me? Mm -hmm. I don't think so, but okay. (laughs) Cause that cause cause I I feel like some sex and stuff be happening where it's okay for you to do something and it's and like if I ever put a pinky toe in it. Like what? Oh hell! Oh hell! 
I'm not even gonna talk. I'm not gonna <laughs> Yes, I'm being on boundaries, but I'm saying I have patience. <laughs> <laughs> okay, D. Well, there you go. Communication. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see how that, you know, making clear and setting clear boundaries does come with and practicing those boundaries does come with, um, you know, that practice gives you experience and it just gets easier and easier as it goes on. And yeah, y'all better than me because I just I just I just couldn't do it. <laughs> A lot of people say that. A lot of people I, I say that. come across clients that said that. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, the gays are always going to try to like push you away from me and call me a man and say they can pay, you know, use they try to use like their your, privilege like and, your and, and, and try to, yeah, they I'm do. No, they do. That, like, I had one client that was like, oh, you need some dick. You got pissed, you need some dick. <laughs> they they did that whole les- that lesbian thing they do with lesbians. I'm like, nigga. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Niggas is going to be. It don't matter. Niggas is going to nick. Niggas is going to nick. Niggas is going to nick no matter what. my god i want to thank all of our new patrons this week thank you thank you thank you yay, 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 yay. so not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast you know i also donate to other podcasts i donate to other organizations i have my finger on the post of the community and i know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here so you're not only helping to sustain us you're helping to sustain other people in a community because i put my money where my mouth is you know that's just the kind of bitch i am community is fuck (laughs) so thank you i really really appreciate you and if you have not become a patron why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So basically, two days ago, the Dutch government released an apology. Dutch minister says he's truly sorry for discarded. Oh, yeah. So they got rid of it. Discarded transgender law. Um, Saturday, they publicly apologized uh, to trans people who wish to change the gender on their birth certificates, undergo surgery and sterilization. Um, for decades, he says, for decades, people underwent medical procedures they did not want at all, but they knew they had no other choice. Others have waited because of this law. They were forced to postpone becoming themselves for years. This law has been a symbol of social rejection for many. Um, she also apologized for the law, which was discarded in 2014 after being in effect for three decades. Nobody should have experienced what you have experienced. I am truly sorry for what happened. So basically, it was not an apology not only to trans people, but also to intersex people. And again, a lot of cishet people, I see something they've always told me, even my little cousin. I was like 14 years old. 
And she was like fucking 11 years old and was giving me this speech about how I'm supposed to procreate and I'm supposed to, you know, what about having children and blah, blah, blah. Just knowing, just assuming what I wanted in life. And I didn't even know what I wanted in life at that time. And that's also a misconception of what people think with trans people. They think that, you know, we are cool with being sterilized and not having children or just cool with being sterilized in general, which some of us don't mind. But I guess that was the way that the Dutch government, also another government we talked about, that's their way of, and even in Texas, they have it to where if you want to, if you have to change if you change something, if you want your birth certificate changed, you have to have like an irreversible surgery, mostly meaning sex changes and stuff. And so I think that that's dope because that's, no, I'm not talking about Texas. I'm talking about that they reverse that because that to me is also under the reproductive justice umbrella. That's how I look at it. Um, and that's a right I would like to have because I'm somebody that don't mind using my eggs and my body to procreate if I can. I think what is um, <laughs> what is um What's important for people to understand is that there are some things as trans people that we are for sure about, that we feel comfortable about, that we, you know, when it comes to our, our identity, and there are some trans people that are not just 100% sure. They're like, you know, they're figuring out where they fall when it comes to their identity. And usually this stuff happens when we're young. Like we're, we're really trying to, some of us are more fixed and some of us are more mutable when it comes to, you know, everything we think about the trans life, the tra our identity, how we want to present, blah, 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 blah. Like we just like regular, regular people, just like cisgender people, you're going through the world figuring out who you are going to be in the world. And sometimes mm -hmm. that is going to um, change a little bit. And sometimes it's going to change drastically. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I rem and, and as trans people, we are just trying to navigate this thing called life in a way and get whatever we want, whatever, um, like whatever our goals and our desires, we're just trying to figure out how to do that within the circumstances that we are in. So, for example, I, you know, I don't have a vagina. Idealistically, would I love to carry and birth and da da da? Sure, but they're making it happen. Would you? Sure, uh, I don't. That sure, wherever it goes, great. Let's wear it out. But I, I don't think I'm. You know, by the time it gets to the point where I trust it. I'll probably be too old to do that. <laughs> and, so, and so for me, you, I'm trying, but the, the, the idea that I can't carry children does not take away the idea of me wanting to have children, of me wanting to experience being, excuse me, being a parent. 
me wanting to experience that. It doesn't take that away. So in that moment, when that still is a goal of mine, I have to figure out how can, how can I do this? What are my options? What are what can I do to, to, to have a child? Being that I don't sleep with people who have the equipment <laughs> that I can procreate. I, it's just something that I have to figure out. Like, you know, now I got to consider surrogate mother. Now I got to consider, ooh, what if I get in a, a poly relationship with me, a cis woman and a dude? And then we, you know, we figure out how we can all have children and da 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 It's all the options. I am trying to figure out how to do this. I don't know if I'm going to get to that goal. I probably won't. But I'm I'm in the in my life. I'm trying to figure out. And if the opportunity comes, then I'm going to I'll take the opportunity. But I'm saying this to say we are out here trying to figure it out just like y'all. Yes, our circumstances are different. Yes, you're not trans, but if you are 40 and you haven't had kids and you ain't found no dude who um who you fall in love with, but you still want to have kids, you're figuring it out. You get what I'm saying? You, you'll be like, okay, look at um, Tyra Banks. She had to do her in vitro with some dude's sperm to, to get her a baby because she was getting to the age where like, yo, it, this might not be an opportunity if you wait too long. There is a biological clock for people who have uteruses and ovaries. And so she had to do that. When we think about um, Jesse J recently, Jesse J. Um, recently had um, a miscarriage because she was trying to have a baby on her own by herself. And, you know, and not, she didn't have a miscarriage because of that, but she, this, this is what she was trying to figure out. I ain't been in, I ain't in no relationship, but I want to have a child while I'm on this musical break. So let me do that. And so she unfortunately lost her child, but we are all out here trying to figure it out. That's my point. We're trying to figure out what we want, how we want to do it. And sometimes you, the law, the government can't put us in a situation where we are cutting off the opportunity to have children. If we want to have children just to have our ID say one thing, just to have this documentation say one thing that feels like it is unfair. It feels like it is overkill. Um, and I don't think, I think that's shady. I think, I don't think that that should be um, surgeries and shit like that should be, um, you know, should be the, the criteria. Um, I can't, I can't give you an answer to what I think the criteria should be. Because that's a slippery slope. Because then we in, then we get in other arenas of what when you can and when you need and don't need surgery and all that kind of stuff. It kind of it can kind of snowball into some other kind of situations that I'm I don't totally agree with or totally I'm not totally um, with it um, or disagree with it. In my mind, it's it's for me for identification. I think that's overkill. I don't feel like for me to identify myself. I need to have a surgery <laughs> and force just to get a fucking F on my ID or, you know, whatever it is that I'm trying to get on my identification. I think that's, I don't think that's appropriate. I think that it's wrong when you tell anybody to do anything with their body. Like, uh, and it makes me think about, um, and I feel like it's really outdated and it's old. I feel like people are, I feel like, I feel like places are starting to trying to implement what they think. Um, laws and regulations look like for trans people, but they're pulling it from like old shit. Like when we first, the first stuff where they told us, oh, you have to do this in order to be considered a trans person. You got to move somewhere else, change your name, lose your friends, 
get a sex change. You have to do all these things in order to be the person you are. And I feel like it's backwards. It's not moving forward when when you uh, implement those type of laws. They probably assume this is what y'all want anyway. Yeah, so, so let's just make, let's yeah, push you to try to. Yeah, let's take you serious. Or, or it's giving, <laughs> or it's giving, I only believe what you are from what's between your legs because when you talk to a dumbass straight person they 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 don't understand why you would call yourself a woman if you don't got a pussy between your legs or why would you call yourself a man if you don't got a a dick between your legs it just doesn't add up to me because they feel like the definition yeah. of a woman is what's between her legs and the definition of a man is what's between his some trans people like that it's, it's a lot of people like that but are they right are they wrong I think they're wrong other people may think they're right I I just think it's backwards I think that who just because you're, you feel like this is what it is doesn't mean that I have to go with it yeah. Like just because you say this is what a woman is, I don't have to to transition to fit this image. I can come into what my own womanhood is. And I think that's what a lot of trans people end up doing, like their journey in the beginning of a conversation. I don't know what we were talking about. Like a lot of a lot of a lot of people think like, oh, this is what a woman is. So if this is what a woman is. And I have to do this, this, and this, and I have to change what I what I do, like how I exist, how I move, how I walk, my get the things I like to do, the hobbies, because this is all masking. I gotta throw all that away. That's the old me. Until you come to a point in your life where you like, you see cis women with pussies walking down the street, and they don't look like this image of what society says that you're supposed to be. And then you see men doing the same thing, and it's like, okay, so what am I doing? Why am I trying to fit this image when that's not what I feel like that's not what God intended for? Like he didn't intend for us to be black and white. You you um are somebody that wants sexual reassignment and you still feel the same way if you afterwards if you were again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I yeah, if I have a sex change, I still feel like people shouldn't have to have a sex change in order to be who they were. Are and I don't think that it. I have to ask because I don't think so. that it. I don't and before cis people who validate your your womanhood as having a sex change, then for them people if it's validation. But if you seek your validation from that, then it's good luck. There's a Hispanic trans woman that um, that I saw her story. She's actually, I think she goes by non-binary now. Basically, she got a sex change when she was really, really young. And in New York, it was super accessible at the time. And she got it and then later realized that she did it for validation and um, dating dudes and stuff. And just because it seemed like it was an opportunity she might not get again because it was accessible. And then later on decided to decide. I actually kind of regret that. I actually regret rushing into that. And now I'm just. I'm just going to explore my gender now. I'm going to go by non-binary and kind of 
repay my old self in a way to make up for that. I guess. Yeah, she's re-exploring herself yeah. because of the decision she made. That was Make up for that regret. Yeah, it was. Yeah. What this is bringing up for me is how people talk about Zia Wade. Like when people say, like, it's too soon for her to make these kind of decisions. And I want, and it's, it's, this is a, this is a um, argument that a lot of people, when it comes to trans children, they will bring up. They was like, well, what if they change their mind? Da, 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 da. And so I want to make it very, very clear that trans children cannot get sex changes. <laughs> they have they to be, cannot get sex changes. They cannot get sex changes. So trans children have to wait till they are 18. Now, there are some countries that let you do it earlier than that with your parents' permission. But in the United States, no, you cannot get a sex change until you are an legally an adult, which is 18. And so um, so trans children are just doing are just being getting on hormones or usually some most of the time they're they're actually getting on just blockers so they can postpone their um, their um, their puberty until they can until they want to make that decision. And so for me. Um, that I want to make that very clear because I know somebody who may be listening may be thinking, well, isn't that that kind of detransition stuff a talking point for the people who are against um, trans people, against um, trans children, and, um, parents supporting their children in regards to that? I want to make that very, very clear that that is a different circumstance by the time uh, in America in most countries by the time uh you can get legally get a sex change you have you 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 are an adult you can't you you're not getting a sex change at 12. <laughs> do you think that that's rational what what um them having to wait to their adults yeah i think that's yeah for the exact reason that you just said, you don't know what their what's their mind is gonna do. I know me. I was like Mia when I was um, 16, 17, 18. I thought that that was what I wanted. That changed when I got in my twenties. And but wow. had, the crazy thing is, that it's never changed for me. So yeah. I think the only thing dominant changed for me was sexually. You know what I mean by that? Like using my piece, being more like affirming to myself. Like, well, that's that's what I'm saying about earlier about um, the um, the one I wanted to have children, and if I would have did it at at, at eighteen, nineteen, twenty, that would have been totally not an option. Do you see what I'm saying? So it yeah. wasn't like even now to this day, right now, it I'm non op leaning towards not for the rest of my life but i also have told y'all many times that i don't want to be an old person an old trans person in in a in a nursing home fucking the the chick with a dick in a nursing home <laughs> i feel i feel that would be fucking uncomfortable for me um i feel like i might be mistreated i won't have children who fucking take care of me and who check on me i know sis um not sis um i know older trans people that are in that don't have family that their family is estranged from them and they don't have family support to look and make sure nobody is mistreating them at these fucking nursing homes, but they have gotten to that age. Um, and so I don't, I don't know. That makes me want to do it 
just because I'm getting older. But you get what I'm saying? It's, 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 it goes back to what I said earlier about we are trying to figure it out. We don't have the for sure answers. I don't have the for sure answers, but I know I don't want to be an old person in a nursing home with being, you know, without a sex change. But I also know that I'm only 40 and I don't know who I might fall in love with that I could probably have a child with. I don't know how that can manifest, but I know if I got the surgery when I was fucking 18, 19, 20, I wouldn't even have that option. And I'm glad that I have the option that I'm navigating the option now. But also there's a class conversation that happens here too. In, in, the, in, in, if you're forcing me to get the surgery just to get a fucking ID a affirming ID and I can't afford it because I'm fucking poor and I got all of these systems of oppression that doesn't allow me to get jobs. It doesn't allow me to, you know what I'm saying? That kind of um, takes me out of the realm of being able to make a certain amount of money. Then so I'm forced forever. How long, look, think about how long people save to get FFS, um, facial feminization surgery. How long people save to get implants. People who don't have like, you know, there's some places that have great um, healthcare coverage that covers trans surgery or whatever, but some states don't have that. Like we're in Texas, we don't have that shit. And so, um, and so for me, some people can't afford it or it's going to take them forever in a day, but they still need their fucking ID change. And so I think it's, that's a class thing where only the people who can't, who got money and, you know, the people who transition after they made money to do it. And that it, I think particularly black people who, who transition usually earlier in life, we don't be having the coins to fucking do that shit. We figure it out, of course, but I might not have the coins to do it, but I still need my ID changed to where I need it to be. And I think it's unfair to have people that that kind of big barrier because sex changes ain't fucking cheap just to get an ID. Yeah, a change on the birth certificate ID. Yeah, everybody don't want to go to the the medi the Medicaid doctors. Yeah. No fucking shade. They give you they give you like the girls who who who's only did twenty two sex changes and they just start now. And bitch, you got them because they, and then you get you a gobble turkey pussy, and then you got to get revisions. Like it's a, it's a, it's a trans woman in Dallas who got it. Set. Oh, so I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to trigger nobody, but I'm, I'm just like, it's a girl in Dallas. Well, I don't even want to say it's a girl. I know a girl who got a sex change by a doctor who's not reputable and. Now she only got four inches of depth. She can't have sex doggy style. She can only have a front word. She don't have organ. Like if you then you gotta pay for revisions and then it don't look good. So now you gotta pay for it. It's just but then for some people, it's okay. Cause I've heard of girls saying, and guys saying, I don't give a fuck if I nut or not. I don't give a fuck what it look like. Take it away. Cause I'm about to kill myself. Yeah, I think that puts a lot of pressure on somebody who, you know, who who wants it, but I can't afford it right now because I'm in school. Or I, there's other things that are important or um, or I just can't I don't make enough money to get to there right now. And and 
based on the numbers, I won't get there till I'm fucking 30. <laughs> if I keep going at the speed of money growth as I'm going. And so that's just unrealistic to me. I think it's, I think it's wild and I think it's crazy, but I'm glad that a country, uh, somebody is actually, um, you know, apologizing or, you know, or, or changing their scope um, of, you know, how they are engaging politically with um, trans people. Do y'all think that things like this is what people, what like black people are talking about when they um, say that we get, this is a lie, but they feel, they see situations like this and they'll say LGBT people get shit before us. Because shit, motherfuckers ain't even apologizing for slavery that they participated in. And here y'all motherfuckers is apologizing for the trans folks. Not that. <laughs> I, think, I think there's some truth to that because there are white LGBT people out there. If it was just if LGBT people just black just folks, black. we wouldn't have shit. <laughs> we wouldn't. If it was just... Y'all know it's true, we wouldn't. They would, we would be with everyone else. And I mean, I think that's the gap that a lot of black, straight black people but to, are talking about. I mean, they always, um, a lot of straight um, black people who who have those conversations, most of them feel like we don't even um, uh, care about the black community at large. We only care about the LBGT community and then the black community saying that we only care about that we don't never bring up our blackness, like our blackness is never an issue. As though when we go out in places as black queer people, it we're not affected by the shit that happens to us because we're black. Like as if I'm, we're not out here battling white folks every motherfucking day, <laughs> racism and shit. Yeah, we can't, we can't divorce ourselves from either one, nigga. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the time they want us to. They want to they want us to make sure we show up in spaces as our black selves and then our LBGT selves. And it just you can't put one in front of the other. It has to be both. Mm. And a lot of times when black people, black trans people do care about our communities, because a lot of times when we're talking about the oppression and stuff, and when we are give, like when we are critiquing society it'd be critiquing our own community a lot of the time and how we interact with each other and how we interact with uh, how we interact with black queer people how black cis head people interact with black queer people so that's what the majority of the time people black trans people be critiquing and really don't we already be critiquing well i know i do we already critique the government like on our own time, but when we talking about black LGBT stuff and issues, we're mostly talking about like the disparities in the black community. So we definitely care about the community because we wanted to get healthy. We wanted us to treat each other right, you know, to be able to get far and be able to be acknowledged, you know, sorry for slavery. Like we we want that same shit, like reparations and stuff. Yeah, but how are we going to get there if we beating on each other? A lot of times, that's what black queer people be critiquing. 
Right. We want both. We want you. We want the motherfuckers to apologize to our LGBT shit that they're doing wrong. And we want you to apologize for your fucking reparations, too, because we black. We we both things. So we want both of them. But because we as black queer people don't have the power to to for to know what they're going to decide to apologize for, what they're going to decide to push forward or prioritize. We don't have um we don't we we don't have that kind of power to 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 make them decide black queer folks we don't have that to make them um to know what they're going to decide to do and anybody with different nuances we see this kind of battle like when we think about um women's suffrage it is yes black folks we have been talking black women we have been talking about you know, about the oppression based on our gender and based on our race. But it wasn't until white folks, white women started like, oh, we want to get out of the house. We want to be career girls. It wasn't until that. And we had to tack ourselves on with y'all motherfucker, even though y'all racist as hell, we had to tack ourselves on to that. And so sometimes there's going to be a benefit in tacking ourselves onto them because that we're we're trying to gain traction in our in our gender fight, but we also are trying to gain traction in our race fight. And so sometimes because you care about black cishet men so much, we might benefit from backing them up too because of race in the race side. So there's always this wax and waning of when as a black woman, as a black, black excuse me, as a black queer person that we're going to be tacked on to somebody who is privileged. Our black side, cishet black men are the ones that they pay attention to. They're the ones that they, in the, in the civil rights movement, consider the leaders, consider the more respectable, because particularly the ones who were ministers and da-da-da. They had a particular power and a particular... Um, they took them seriously, like the white people who had the white men who had power, even though they, you know, what I'm saying they were racist in their own regard and they weren't even fucking considering women, period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least you know what I'm saying it wasn't like they were like when we when when the black men were getting elected to office. Yes, were the black, were the white men like, oh, welcome, welcome black men to our political office. No, they didn't want them there either. But they weren't even considering the women being in the political office at all. That's why it was nothing but men being elected because of the votes. And so at least they because, you know, they made the rule that we got that we can vote or whatever as as black people. At least we can we got to at least pretend that we that we respect these black men that are now holding office, even though we don't want them to hold office. But at least we got to we got to sit here and listen to them talk in these speeches. That wouldn't have been a black woman. She wouldn't even got to get to that to get to that stage because of gender oppression. But as a black woman who was watching this happen, there's tons of like Ida B. Wells. There's tons of women that was like, "Yo, I gotta." Yes, we want the advancement of black people. And if you're gonna listen to the black man, if you're gonna listen to Frederick Douglass, if you're gonna listen to the black Booker T. Washington, W. E. B. Du Bois. If you're going to listen to them, yes, I'm going to support them and I'm going to let you listen to them to try to get some kind of traction in my in my race fight. And women, 
if the, if the white woman is going to get us all the ones that are on our side, not the Susan B. Anthony's and the ones that, that are racist, but the ones that are at least on our side and listening to us. Yes, I'm going to tag myself onto this feminist movement to try to get to move forward for my my gender side. You get what I'm saying? For my my woman side. So I can get some kind of traction in this kind to, uh, to be relieved from this kind of oppression. Same thing with us as queer people. If y'all listening to the white gays more than us, I don't give a fuck. Cool. I, I'm going to tell you about yourself. But if they're getting us some advancement, I'm going to be right behind them. Yes, come on. Y'all listen to the white gays now? Sure. Listen, long as I can get these rights under my belt. <laughs> yeah, yes. I, I tell people all the time, trans women had um, fucking um, marriage equality cases back in the 30s that, that, that we were fighting. That were they were invalidating our our marriages and shit like that, but they didn't care about trans people. So when it was now it was time for a fight, they were featured. The marriage equality was they start featuring queer people, white lesbians, white gay men. They were featuring them when it was come when it was coming to the fight to get marriage equality. Yes, as long as we can get married, cool. Y'all want to feature them? I'm gonna call y'all out. When we in our circles, I would be like, "Yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all forgetting about the history of us fighting." But if they're listening to y'all and they're y'all getting gaining traction, so we can change this law, I'm not about to argue about it. I'm about to let y'all get this law passed, so I can have the right to fucking get married to whoever I want to get married to. We have always navigated that space. Anybody who is uh, who is at the intersections of multiple identities. We have always navigated the space of having to be attached to somebody with privilege to even get any kind of semblance of rights. Mm -hmm. so, I, I just think it's crazy that straight black people want us to put them first when they don't even give a fuck about us. You want me to you want me to use this so-called privilege to my adjacent white LBGT people to push the straight black community together when y'all don't think about us when y'all in your y'all meetings y'all don't give up because when you when you when you ask a, a, a straight person well, what about trans people they be like oh like I don't even think about them they what about them and, uh, butt that's exactly butt breaking all that bullshit uh, Willie Lynch and all that bullshit they, they know what the fuck that shit is. They don't understand that we are in these spaces with white LGBT people pushing back on their racism. We literally are. Look at Flo Kennedy. When we talk about, um, look at Audre Lorde. Look at the people. Look at um, 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 Bayard Rustin. There were, they were in these spaces with straight, with straight people and queer people. Queer white people and straight people pushing agendas. Jamie <laughs> Pushing, pushing them to in a more progressive space. When we when we were with the white gays, we like yo, yeah, this is y'all, this is some race shit too. <laughs> like y'all are not y'all are not thinking about it in a intersection in an intersectional way. Y'all just are not. And so y'all need to have a different analysis. And we are bucking up against that system every time we are in spaces with them. We're getting to we're getting some traction. Now, because of, you know, Black Lives Matter and da, da 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 But this is something that, you know, Barbara Smith and, um, 
you know, all kinds of people in our past have literally had books and talks and all this stuff talking about how they were bucking up against racist queer people, too. And so because straight black people are not in community with us, they don't understand or they're ignoring or they don't want to understand or they're just you just homophobic. You really just homophobic. So you don't really care for real for real. You're trying to use Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's some it's some black trans people that's been so traumatized by straight black people. black people that they turn into no, I don't give a fuck about them. They don't give a fuck about But it's me. easy because it's so many of you bitches. It's so many of you straight black folks who don't give a fuck. And you and you and you be politically correct so that people won't look at you like as a bad person, but you really don't give a fuck. You want the girls to use their privilege so you can get on top and you can keep standing on them. I see. There's some there's also I have a cousin that's a black woman, don't fit none of the beauty standards, but because she's been so traumatized and bullied by other black people with anti-blackness. She kind of turned into what some would consider a cone. Like some people have been so traumatized by the community, they just say "fuck it all" together and just be like, "Well, I'm gonna just only date white people. I'm only befriend the white people. I'm a, they actually moving somewhere. They're actually doing something." Because they, if you don't fit, if you don't fit the hip hop stereotype of what a black person is, you're not black. Now they're starting to, like, with Afropunk, you're starting to see, like, a different, not just Afropunk, you've been seeing, like, goth girls or just different types of Black people, like, especially, like, like some of the Baddie Brigade, like, different types of Black women and different types of Black black people, like, yeah, you start to see... grew up a, a nerd, like, a gamer nerd. Yeah, but, like, you know, back in the early, two, like, in the 2000s, like, if you didn't fit that hip-hop look, they outcasted you. Mm-hmm. And, and and then motherfuckers don't understand that even in those spaces we are dealing with racism mm-hmm. <laughs> even yeah, in like the whatever you consider the nerd space <laughs> we're dealing with racism <laughs> and if you're talking about you know golf and and anime and whatever those things that are out quote unquote out that box at hip hop or you know hood box whatever that is even when we when they go in those spaces where it's like oh it's like diverse and or or it's not even diverse but I'm the black person in this space because I have quote unquote different um you know different interests I'm still dealing with racism in those spaces and yeah. so and I, I don't think that they even look at uh, they look at those things I think they're just trying to have talking points and to wrap it up we we understand that we are. Um, you know, we are all going through this journey and we're trying to yeah. figure it out and it, it'll make it easier if you um, um, looked outside of your particular box and and listen to people when they tell you what they're going through and what their experiences and things that they need to change. Then you won't have to be like the Dutch and apologizing for stuff, <laughs> apologizing for things if you would have just listened to us when we were um, talking to you in the first place. Right. So we got a letter about our last episode 
Um, that is Diamond. I love when we have letters. Like y'all keep sending us letters. Because <laughs> you might get no love. send some love letters, Diamond. Like no, I'll hook, hook my girlfriend well, up. It better be. And if you send some love letters, it better be to all three of us. <laughs> and if you, st- <laughs> if it's gonna be a love letter, it can't be individual. Maybe to Diamond. He is sipping on some sangrias and he's feeling it. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> if you send love letters, send some to Diamond. Make sure you look sickening. Yeah, and make sure you are the part, honey. Don't, don't, don't come half stepping when you come to the dolly, bitch. Have your coins. <laughs> bitch, make sure that uh make sure you want no love letters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, send Diamond love letters, everybody. No, yes. no love letters. <laughs> Y'all gonna have the, the, the creepy dudes that be fucking in our inbox <laughs> asking us <laughs> for news that I have to delete and block. What the hell? Oh my god! I check the messages more than y'all, so I begin the ugly parts of our audience. I don't know which one it is, but uh, show me your pussy. (laughs) Everybody who got a dick, show me your dick. (laughs) It don't matter. Oh my god! We be getting some of the raunchiest shit. And I have to delete and block them, child. But anyway, the this letter is from um I don't well, let's not say her name. Let's call her um um let's call her Peaches. Peaches, all right, Peaches, great. Um, Peaches says, "Hey." First of all, I want to say thank you for creating and continuing the show. I never miss an episode. It has expanded my knowledge and understanding of Black, trans, and queer experience immeasurably as a queer white film with a lot to learn. I wanted to write in regards of a segment on episode 207 about banned books as I I feel like I have a bit of a perspective to contribute around the idea of having parents sign permission slip for their kids to get exposed to certain materials. I was raised in a conservative Christian family who opted out of every single thing that there was a permission slip for. I was a kid who had to go watch a Disney movie in the hallway during any health class because my parents wouldn't let me participate in health class period. I was an avid reader, but my parents would take away books I checked out from the library if they suspected that there was any sexual material in there. And my mom would search my room, backpacks, etc., regularly for contraband. The books in my school library that I could sit and read during lunch and not have to take home where my parents couldn't find them uh, made up the majority of my background in sexual education as both the school computers and my computers at home were highly monitored for web searches about sex. My high school is conservative middle America, barely had anything about sex in the library. And I can't imagine how helpful it would have been to have modern, modern queer books in stock like the ones you discuss on the show. Not being allowed to openly learn about sexuality only made me more obsessed with it. And I became sexually attractive in 
at 14. I was sexually assaulted many times in high school by older peers who could see my naivete and manipulate it, as you mentioned on the show. My parents never gave me a sex talk and seemed to believe not learning about sex at all was the best route to abstain. And I think in our present repressed culture that it is not as rare as you might hope and so harmful to our youth. At the end of the segment, you mentioned that every parent has the right to choose when and where their kids should learn about sexuality. But I'm curious about what you, Z, and Mia think about extreme cases like mine and whether you draw the line at parents who straight up just don't want their kids to learn about sexuality at all, like my parents. And if, and if we do draw the line, where do we draw it? Like if my parents were told, you have to educate your child on sex before they finish high school, they would have waited until I was about to graduate. And that wouldn't have helped me in all the negative experiences that I had early on in my high school years. Thank you again for hosting such an incredible thought-provoking discussion on your show. I appreciate you such. Peaches. <laughs> peaches. Thank you. Thank you. I'll Thank let, you, Peaches. I'll let you go first. You let me go? Okay. Um, okay, so me. I don't know if you remember Peaches, but I did mention there was a girl in my school that I knew um, that, her parents actually did the exact same thing. I'm not sure what uh, what she what they implemented in school, but I do know that when she went got home, she couldn't watch TV. Um, she she like whatever she watched was very um, it was dissected to the T. She couldn't read certain things like every, like and she was in a conservative um, Christian home also, but she ended up. But the books that we were reading that were explicit, she was reading them too. We was we was just passing them to her. And she couldn't take them home, so we would read them at lunch, and we would read them like when we could in the classroom. And your experience with pornography is hilarious. Okay, so Z wants to Peaches Z wants me to tell you about the time I got caught downloading a dildo app, uh, a dildo. Um, what was it? I was trying to like pictures. I da- it wasn't a. It was a. It, I was trying to buy a dildo, but like I, I printed it out. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to buy a dildo, but I printed it out. It was like the big black one at the library, and, and I was at the school library, and I printed <laughs> it out. And, but the but the library the library was was in the back, and it was just me in there. So I try, mind you, the the printer was like way across from where I needed to go. So I tried to run and get the um the stuff before I printed it. She came out real quick and grabbed it, not snatched it from her, and I threw it into little bitty pieces in her face, like bitch. And and I threw it in the trash can. Mind you, this bitch don't have nothing to do all day. So I get a call from the office. This bitch pieced every <laughs> puzzle piece together. Had it taped completely like it just came out of the um thing, like it came out of the printer. It was so embarrassing. Mind you, nobody knew that I was trans at the time. Nobody knew that I was, I'm pretty sure they knew I was queer. I had to lie and say it was for my girlfriend that went to a different school. <laughs> and I want you to know that none of the motherfuckers believed you. <laughs> <laughs> I, started getting, I was like, oh, it's for my girlfriend that uh, went to a different school. 
bad experiences with their peers because they weren't educated about sex and they were manipulated in certain situations, sexually assaulted. How are you, if you're a person, because you said that certain things are too soon. If you're a person that thinks like that, how are you going to protect your child? How how are you, what are you going to do if you're not I guess I thought about it from my viewpoint on parenting because first of all, I'm a Christian, but I'm considering myself condemned, like especially not that conservative. I don't consider myself conservative, but I do think that how I would do it, it would be educational. And also, it would also be taught in a way that's not like to punish anybody. It would be told from a way that is like sex is a part of life, but I still want to have the right, because based on what I read in that book, I would be uncomfortable with my children reading something that, that, Graphic. Descriptive. So, but on the other hand, I would try to make sure that they would be educated in a way that they're not moved by that. So, I don't know, like, they wouldn't see that as something that is something that is, like, abnormal but it's still something about it that makes me uncomfortable with that being so available to anybody I don't know I guess my upbringing is I remember one time I was writing a note with this boy that I was quote unquote dating (laughs) elementary school but I was writing letters and it was talking about kissing and stuff. It wasn't nothing about sex, of course. But it, in my mind, it was something that was bad and I couldn't, I shouldn't have been doing and couldn't have been caught, but I wanted to do it. It was a boy I liked. And so the teacher took the letter and then gave it to my dad. And me being such a good kid that I am, I was nervous and crying about it. And, you know, I gave it to him to sign off for it. And he looked at it in a way that he didn't punish me for it. He just signed the letter and just, I could tell he appreciated me being honest about it. He could tell I was really, really, really nervous about it. And, you know, he kind of just shrugged it off. But I feel like the teacher had a right to have given that to him, especially in an elementary age. Like, I felt like, like, of course, the younger me is like, please don't do it, please don't. But I do feel like on one hand, okay, the teacher does have a right to see this descriptive stuff that she called me right into some boy. And I really didn't know what I was doing at the time. And I wasn't educated on it and then my parents weren't somebody that taught me about sex but they didn't punish me 
exploring my sexuality. So I guess that's where my privilege in my head comes in, where it's like, why don't teachers just sign off on it? Because my parents had no issues signing off on me learning about. But they didn't tell you cycle. about your period. Yeah, but they didn't have a they didn't have an issue with signing the letter in elementary. In fifth grade, they had a class for just girls, and then they had a class for just boys. They taught, and then they had one with together. And they had a class for the girls where they taught us about our periods and how to use pads and how to use and where to put them and how to do them. And they signed off on that, you know. And then also in my health classes, they had no issue signing off on stuff. And they're Christian as well. So I guess I didn't think of the extreme parts, but I felt like you are oppressing your own child. It becomes extreme to me when you act like sex in relationship and intimacy is something that's foreign and abnormal. Like you shouldn't suppress them. I feel like it puts your child in a um, a danger zone. Like it opens the door for predators, like she said, to to prey on them because you don't have no idea. You have your only way of exploring and experiencing things is through action, not from knowledge, not from. So anybody could tell you anything. They could say, oh, this, this if you never went outside, they can tell you that you can sink in the grass and you will believe it. And so I, I think, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, babe. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess that is me speaking from. I can't admit, you know, maybe that's just me speaking from my childhood, because in a way I'm like, my parents didn't teach me nothing about sex. And I felt like I was um, so miseducated on it. And I was in a lot of risky situations because of my lack of knowledge, because the school don't do well in itself. I feel like the school is kind of just surface level with a lot of stuff. And but as a parent, I'm saying as a parent, but <laughs> if I become a parent, I still, I don't know. I feel like I still want the right to be able to teach my child certain things. I and mean, because I know I'm going to be an open-minded parent, I guess that's easier said than done. But I think about other parents, they might not be, you know, like people like her parents, they might not be so. I feel like if you're that afraid, you need to be there. Like, I feel like there's some, you need to be there. Like, I feel like there's some laziness when it comes to, oh, I don't, I don't approve of nobody else teaching you. I have to teach you, but I don't want to teach you. You might as well. So you might as well go to the school so you can say, this is what you cannot say. And this is why I want you versus. Because their peers is going to do yeah. shit. Yeah. Their peers are going to talk about stuff. And really, I grew up in a school where because of surface level education, because it wasn't offered at least you know, the kids were miseducated on a lot of stuff. And most parents are afraid to talk to their children about sex. But I feel like it's there should be an option in the high schools for 
parents that are comfortable with their children learning biosecurity for there to be like an extra curriculum, like an extra class or something like that. But it's far wait, as wait, 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 wait. But what Peaches is asking is what about the parents who don't want it at all? How are we going to protect those children? Regardless, they are going to be like that. Like how for instance, for, like, for, like for instance, for instance, if they're the type of parents where they're going to check your bag and check what you're doing and they're controlling like that, they're going to find a book like that anyways and still tell you to take that shit back or still like they still like it's you can't control that. First of all, like a book is not going to change. Like one book is not going to change that behavior like it's not going to change your your sex education because you're still going to lack somewhere because i know that people that are that controlling people that are that sheltered they usually end up some of the wildest like like they like there has to be a balance like those parents are to me it becomes to a point where you're abusing them like if you're controlling making it seem like sex is abnormal and giving you carry vibes it's giving me being abusive i think i think it's i think it's late i think i i think that it's late for because i feel like I feel like you think you're protecting your child, but you're not. You're actually doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. You're and and I think when I when you said, how do you protect those type of children? You said, well, no, Dama said that's what she's asking. Oh. How do you protect those type of children? The only way would be for the the school to go the extra yard, the extra mile, for them to. But this would be on an individual type of basis. That means they would have to actually do. They would have to do more research. They would have to actually go to the home. They would have to. They would have to be more involved. And unfortunately, schools kind of see students as numbers. Like I think there are some students that, like some schools, where they're involved, but like it's only to a degree. That's that was going to be my response. I feel like at the end of the day, like you said, Mia, um, parents have the right. But also, like you said, Z, it, it, it has to be a balance. It, it has to be. But if I'm looking at it from a, as a stance of how I can protect those children, only thing that I can think of that would be even remotely a solution is um, the teachers, the adults, I, for me personally, I want to make sure that people, that teenagers who are in my life are comfortable. I want to set a standard in, if they're in my life, like we, like my cousins and my nieces and you get what I'm saying? People who are, you know, teenagers growing up now, I want them to be comfortable enough to come to me. I want to set a standard from their birth, from me being in their life that I can come to Auntie Diamond and talk about anything. And if they have questions, they know they can come to me in confidence. I'm not going to tell their parents. And I don't think that's wrong. I'm not going to tell their parents. Now, if you're trying to kill yourself, if you're trying to um, harm yourself, it's shit like that. It gets weird. I'm not I'm going to tell your parents. But if you're just asking me questions about sexuality, you can have a confidential conversation with me. 
You can, we can talk about it. I can educate you. I can tell you what's happening. Like if you read a book and you read, um, um, boys are, are all boys aren't blue and you hear, and you got questions about that part of the book. I want you to be like, damn, auntie, can you tell me what was going on here? <laughs> like what was happening? Like you got questions. I want to be available enough and trusted enough and comfortable. I want you to be comfortable enough with me to be able to come to talk to me. And so that is, that is what I, I feel like teachers should be that. I feel like teachers and educators, I feel like you should be open enough to where if a student has questions, they come and ask you, that's what makes you to me. I think that's what makes you a good person role model teacher whatever in their life you being able to them being able to trust to know that they can come and ask you questions about you know about that stuff because if they got parents like that they can't come to them at all they can't come to them at all so it has to be somebody that balances that out that is open because their parents are so shut down it has to be like you said a balance where there's somebody in their life now the parents might not like it but that's why it's going to be in with me it's going to be confident i'm not gonna like my nieces and and cousins and little cousin come to me about shit that i never tell their parents about because they came to me in confidence and i know that i, I have the i had whatever however whatever questions that they had they came to me because they could trust me and I much rather you come to me because you can trust me than you keeping being miseducated in your head, not coming to your parents. You thinking, oh, um, some dude tell us lying to you, telling you you're not gonna get pregnant if he just stick the head in. <laughs> you're not gonna get pregnant if um, you know, if you um go ahead and squeeze the cum out. I, I remember my my cousin was my my little cousin was telling me that the that the boy she was she was having sex her mother didn't know she was having sex but she was having sex and and the little boy was telling her lying to her he was she was fifteen and he was um, seventeen and they were in high school together and he was telling her that if she hurry up and go to the um, bathroom the urine will kill the sperm. <laughs> Bitch, what? <laughs> you probably believe that. So, her not knowing, but she didn't know, but this is some little boy she got a crush on that she likes, and you know, so she had some experiment with him. But she knew she could come and ask me, is this true? She was come. She couldn't ask her mama. She couldn't know. She would never ask. Her mother would shut her down, lock her in a room. Like she was that type of mama. Well, like, oh, you're getting too fast, girl. Uh -uh. You can't go nowhere. Uh -uh. She's that. She would shut her down. And yeah. so she came and asked me. And I told her, I don't want to know too much shit, but what's your question? <laughs> like, what's, what's your question? And she, we literally had a conversation about basically of how babies are made, how babies are made because her mother wasn't having a conversation with her, an honest conversation. It was, you better not get pregnant. It was just, it was just bad. And so she didn't, even, she couldn't even ask questions without her mother thinking, oh yeah, yeah, you're doing this. Yeah. She wasn't even, at the time that her mother was 
like being like that, she wasn't even having sex yet. And so she was never comfortable with asking her mother things. So she finally, you know, because of me and her engagement, she was like, I know I can come to Domina tell me whatever. You know what I'm saying? Domina talked to me about whatever. And she literally called me out the blue and was at, at 15 and was asking me sex questions that she couldn't ask her mother. And she was saying, please don't tell mama that I came to ask you this. And so I'm not going to tell her mother. Um, I talk to her. I, I say, my, I educated her on the pullout game don't work. No, the urine game don't work. <laughs> you need to get on birth control. And luckily she lives in a state where she can get on birth control on her own. She don't really need um, her parents. Um, and yeah, I said, you need to get on birth control and you need to start using condoms. I was like, because babies ain't the only thing you got to worry about. <laughs> and so we had, we had this honest conversation and luckily, you know, not luckily, I, I feel like I put myself in a position to be for her to come talk to me, her to come and, and trust me. And so I think that's what you have to do as a teacher, as a as an auntie, as as somebody like London and um, like what's your nephew name? Caden. And London and Caden. Like you want to make sure that you have a relationship with them enough to where if Tessa is being weird, they can come to you and talk about it. Like I want to I want to be that for the, the teenagers around me. Now, if I don't know them and I don't know what's going on, then I don't know them. But the teenagers around me or young people around me, I want them to be able to come and ask me because I wish I had uh, people educated me on stuff. I had, I didn't have a really, really strict, strict mama. Um, but there were some questions about sex that I wanted to know that I wouldn't actually, not because my mama was um, mean or nothing. It just, honey, I don't want to talk about my pee to my mommy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not about, I think she would shame me. It's just, it was, uh, it, it was a, a certain level of shame in me that I don't want to talk about it with my mom. Yeah. And so um, I could talk about SCDs. I could ask questions, but it was certain things about pleasure. It wasn't about STDs. It wasn't about, um, it was certain things about pleasure, about sex that I couldn't ask my mom. My mom is a cishet woman. <laughs> and so I couldn't ask her about certain things when it comes to queer sex. I needed to find somebody that I trust that wasn't no fucking um, weirdo that I can talk about gay sex with. That That's a very about. interesting topic, Diamond. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't even. I'm sorry. Oh, I had to ask my best friend how to judge. And I finally got it right. But it was just, it's, and then I remember like, I remember a conversation and I was, I remember the, the conversation came up after we had got through from coming from 708 in Atlanta and it was a dark room where all the boys was having sex and not knowing each other. And I had gagged and we just started talking about it. And I remember him, I remember my friends telling me that, oh, you, you can't get, a, um, you, it's less likely for you to get HIV if you're a top versus if you're a bottom, because when you're a bottom, you're when you're getting penetrated, the um, friction between the anus wall is open and the blood vessels are, it's more e easier for you to get HIV versus a top. And I was just like, but your pee hole is open. And it was, it, it's so much, it's so much 
much miseducation about sex, especially queer. Yeah, sex. it's not, and 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 them explaining that to you, it, it, it's not that that is wrong, but it's not saying that tops can't get HIV. It's saying that. It's it, it's just the chances are higher if you are the bottom, which is true. Yep. That's research that says that because your your anus is the one that is getting with the tears, it's getting directly in your blood system. You get what I'm saying? So it's a whole. So that's an amazing conversation that you might that you that you needed to have asked questions about because, like you said, but the people PP hole is open and da, 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 but it's still not bloodstreaming. You th- those are questions that you can navigate with people, but you, it has to be somebody that you trust and somebody that is educated on it that you open with. It can't be a peer. Now, when you got older, that was you know cool, but I'm talking about when you're young because sometimes they may not even know. They could be. Mm-hmm. Saying some dumb stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, no, I, no. I'm just saying that they didn't teach that. They didn't teach queer sex. I had to learn about it from somewhere else. I knew all about straight sex, but queer sex, I didn't know shit about. Yeah, I remember. I had an auntie that was that's open, and her kids would come to her about anything, and I'm sure I would be able to. But she told me. You know, come to me when you start your period. I want to celebrate it. I really want to celebrate it. Please tell me. And like because of my dysphoria, I was like, tell you that shit. It's and interesting how she turned the tables because you know most most girls when they get their period, it's like catastrophic. Like what the fuck is going on? It was. It was painful. Yeah, my first. And so she was trying to like reverse the psychology of it for you. And I actually started it at her house, (laughs) and I still didn't tell her. ass. She probably clocked it though. I don't know. I didn't tell her ass. You why? Because you didn't trust her, or why? I just was uncomfortable with it. Like I just, mm, I'm already private about stuff and like my dysphoria I already didn't want to experience a period it's just it was so much mm. I was like why we gotta celebrate that like why does it have to be a celebration but I saw well, but I appreciate it now that I'm older I'm like okay I see what she was trying to do yeah she was trying to like she was trying to turn the tables of the the what you would internalize a period Mm-hmm. To be, but why? Why can't we? Why? Why we can't celebrate um, wet dreams? Those are those are some those are some crazy things that happen. You wake up and are you comparing a period with a wet dream? <laughs> 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 you definitely. It's something that's unexpected. It's a gag. You wake up thinking you peed on yourself, and you you know. Girl, you had a good night, a good dream. You be like, girl, that was that real? Imagine your auntie saying, let's celebrate your first wet dream. <laughs> Let me know when you have it. That's late. Yeah, that's extra. That is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I actually didn't have wet. When I was growing up, I didn't have wet dreams. I didn't have a wet dream until I was way older. But I think it's because I was masturbating really early. So my brain, I didn't get to build up the horniness at all. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, I, I honestly don't really know what to tell you, Peaches, because a parent like that, regardless if you have access to books and they're going to try to find out, they're going to pull you out of school and homeschool Take you. Contraband and, and shit. And 
check your stuff and patch you down when you get home. And they gonna do that shit regardless. Like mm. even if you do have access to them type of books. I do wanna say something though. Like I'm I'm sorry that happened to you, Peaches. Like that's that's something that you'll net like that's something that changes your mold your idea of what sex is, mold your idea of who to trust, who you can't trust. It it really that's like a really really intricate time where you start to develop what your yourself and what you think sex is and what you think your sexuality is it's such a vulnerable time to have that happen to you so i'm so sorry that happened to you and i know now they have in my high school they had like multiple counselors that were accessible for us. I never used one, but I would suggest that to any, you know, high schoolers, maybe try to talk to one of them, you know, let them know the situation. Well, if you if you do talk to them, don't tell them you're trans because you could go to jail. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait, wasn't there something where... No. Where oh no, the counselor would go to jail if they didn't tell yeah. the state that you're trans, so that so uh, they can. Mean the parents. Oh no, 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 no Mia. That the they, they were trying to do that. They, it didn't pass. <laughs> oh well, they I'm were trying to do that to make it um, where if you tell a counselor that you're trans and they don't disclose it to the parents, that they can they criminalize the counselor for not disclosing what the trans person you know breaking the confidence but they that didn't go through (laughs) honestly schools teach the bare minimum anyways even if you do have access to that i mean i got to learn how penises and vaginas work like i learned that i learned about periods and you know they do the bare minimum anyway so i don't know I don't know. You learn how to put on condoms and 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 fucking yeah. babysit that uh, electronic baby they keep you with. They cry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that you gotta <laughs> that you gotta change a diaper. <laughs> yeah, they don't teach you too much, so you really ain't miss much than what your parents could tell you. Like mm-hmm. when they came out of them classes, like. But what it does is it makes those a lot of those kids turn out to be hypersexual and they turn out to be some of the I've seen it myself. They turn out to be the hardest party goers I've ever seen, the wildest. And then they they'd be like, oh my mom is gonna kill me. <laughs> oh, you might want to go home. Like I dealt with a friend like that. Or they're or they or the or the the opposite where they totally are just closed. They're asexual because of their traumatic experiences. Yeah, their parents beat it out of them and they just don't know. They just like I don't even wanna like bro, I'm done. Do like I or they, they feel ashamed to even masturbate or yeah. <laughs> That's a tough subject. Well, Peaches, we want to thank you for um, writing us this letter. We love letters. Thank you. Um, and we, like Mia said, we are sorry that it happened to you. And um, it is a difficult, it's, it's, it's difficult, hard because you're ba- it's, it's a difficult conversation because you're balancing parents' rights and child's mm-hmm. rights and uh, kind of 
what's good for a child or what you think is good for a child and compared to what the parents think is good for a child. And that, that can clash. And sometimes when that class happens or when it's imbalanced, it can make the child more vulnerable to bullshit. And we don't want that. So, um, you know, I just say, try to be in the children in your life, in the, in, and the teenagers in your life, try to be that, that open, not you in particular, but anybody who's listening, um, try to be that open person that can, they can come to you and talk about things in confidence so that they don't feel alone and they can, um, actually, um, have somebody, somebody that they can talk to about it, that can educate them. And yeah, that's what I would think. And honestly, it don't hurt for the schools to at least talk about sexual assault. Cause it seemed like that's the biggest issue is the the sexual assault and navigating with peers they should make that a big focus rather than how the body works and like you can learn that anywhere like you can simply google that or go in a, a book or, but sexual assault is something that's important focus on the boys yeah yeah you no shade because i was sexually assaulted so many times but I never said anything because I was queer and I felt like I was going to get wore out for it. Yeah, that's, yeah, definitely focus on the boys. They need to, they need to get it. Yeah, <laughs> teach the girls with uh, the ways they try to do it. So. Baby, teach the girls boundaries. <laughs> How teach to set boundaries. Yes. The, no, bitch, I don't give a fuck. No. Yeah, they well, need to do a better job at that. I yeah. did learn about that. No boundaries, setting boundaries. Yeah, not I'm talking about sexual assault and what it looks like. Mm. I didn't learn about that. So yeah. Well, all right, y'all. I think we have done our job. And we um yeah, we hope y'all enjoyed the show. We will see y'all next week. All right, y'all. Be safe out there. All right. In the streets. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamond, S-T-Y-L-Z, at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right. Oh, don't you worry about a thing. Baby, it's going to be